my message tonight has to do with it's time to have some urgency. Okay? That's, that's, that's what it is. And, and you'll get it when I get there. Okay? So let's pray. Father God, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are our hope. You are the answer to everything. And we thank you for that. And I just pray that as we look into 2 Timothy tonight, that you would just open it up and you'd open our hearts and you'd wake us up to whatever it is that you want to wake us up to. I know you woke me up again. Thank you. And I just pray as we, we share this, God, that you would uh, speak to hearts and that lives would get some urgency in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to look at, at some, some verses in Timothy, and I got a bunch of them. So it's interesting, if you, have, if you haven't read Timothy before, Timothy was a young man when Paul met him. He was a man that was basically raised by his mom. You don't hear anything about his dad. His dad was Roman. His mom was a Jew, but a Christian. And he, you know, Paul talks about in here to Timothy, Paul was, this is, if it wasn't the last, it was close to the last letter that Paul ever penned. And he had an urgency. The last time I shared with you, if you guys were here, I talked about Paul on his way to Jerusalem because he knew he was going to be put in bondage. He knew it. And everybody was telling him, don't go. He was being prophesied on by people that were men and women of God that knew Paul was going to go put it, be put into chains and he might die and he's going to suffer. And God told him to tell him, but Paul still went because God was telling him to go. And that was the battle and we got to see that and we get to hear it and know that sometimes God's going to tell us to do hard things and you still have to do them. And that was my message last time. And this is kind of a continuation of that because I always preach, it's funny, Isaac said I get to preach on anything I wanted to. <laughs> and I said, God, I, I want to preach what I want to preach. I want what you want me to preach. And as I was reading, thank God, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was just kind of crazy that I was reading 2 Timothy. That was the next book I read. And I've read it three or no four times since then. I've read it over the last two weeks. Just keep reading it because... I think it's something we need to chew on. And so you get to chew on it tonight, okay? So in the, in the beginning, it's interesting. It, Paul talks about Timothy's grandma. He says, your faith came from your grandma and then was passed, your grandma Lois, and then was passed on to your mom, whose name is Eunice, and then it was passed on to you. And he was reminding him where his faith came from. And, and it's just... There's a legacy in that family, and some, some families get that. Some don't. I didn't have a legacy in my family. I don't have, have a mom who committed her life to Christ after I did. I didn't have anybody on either, any side of my family that really was walking with the Lord. And uh, it's okay. God starts a legacy with me. And I don't know where you're at in your family. Some of you have families that you were raised in a Christian family, and some don't. And it doesn't matter. It matters what you do with your life. 
And that's, that's kind of what I get from when I read the Bible, that it's, it's your story. It's not anybody else's story because it's Timothy's story now. It's where it came from, but it's his story now. And you have to take what you have. And I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, when I was a kid, I didn't take my faith serious. I didn't. My parents divorced and I got mad at God and I just kind of walked away. And that's a choice that you get to make. But I'd recommend you don't do it because I went through a lot of things that were really hard. And you don't have to do those. You don't have to go through them. You get to walk with him and you'll, the path that you do. I just love Quinn's story. I love Quinn's story. I mean, Quinn's, I'm not, should I, can I steal part of you next week? Quinn's preaching next week, by the way. Get excited. Get excited. But, but, but Quinn is, he's going to go into a mission field. He's, he's going to give up four years of his life, not in the military of the USA, but in the military of the Lord. It's the Lord's army. He's going to Alaska. And uh, that excites me because <laughs> it's an adventure. You know, it's, it's what God calls us to do, to, to go out. So, yeah. Thanks, Quinn. I'm excited. Um, but let's look at 2 Timothy. If you want to pull up verses, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. I'd read from my Bible, but there's a lot of words in this one. It's, a, it's called the Amplified Bible. And I love it because it gives me a lot. And it's different because I read the King James the first 10 times I read the King, King, King James. It's kind of hard to read. It's a hard read, and you have to pray, and you have to have God show you what it means, because it's hard read. It's the for, therefore and thou art. This is why I remind you to, to fan the, into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. This is what Paul's saying to Timothy. He's telling him, man, you weren't given... This fear that's overtaken our country right now, and frankly, the world. There's a fear out there about this pandemic, and there's a fear. But this is what's saying is God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind. I mean, it's like he wants you to be calm. He wants you to be well-balanced. He wants you to stay the course. Don't be afraid of what somebody else is telling you. Trust God. He's telling that to Timothy. Timothy was a young man. Probably not now, but when he first, the first letter that Paul wrote, Timothy was young. This was a little later. He was probably in his 30s. But Timothy was early 20s when he wrote it to him. Your age. <laughs> Good stuff. So verses 8 and 9 of, of chapter 1. You're going to have to stay on your horses. You probably should just pull up the whole book. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I can read it if you want. Okay. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. I'm telling you, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. He'll take care of you. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God has saved us and called us to live a holy life. 
He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning. Before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. I mean, that's, that's some pretty cool stuff. I mean, that's the start of the book. Don't be ashamed to testify. Don't be ashamed to tell people about Jesus. I mean, I'm telling you, the bolder you get, the more people listen because they see your boldness. If you do it out of fear and trembling, it's not going to mean much because they'll see your fear. God wants you to have boldness. Don't be ashamed. Why? Because you're going to come holy from it. Because as you, you step out in faith, God will give you a stronger faith. And you'll, you'll not want to sin because you don't want to make him a, a, ashamed of you, right? So those are the kind of things that I've seen in this. It's like he did it all for you. That's why he died on the cross. So you, beca- you can become holy. You couldn't become holy if he didn't die on the cross. That's why he went through that. This is a powerful Easter this year. It was good. I don't know if you went to the Friday night service. Katie made me cry. Just thinking about it makes me cry, Katie. Thank you. It's powerful. I would love to sing at Jesus' feet. And you know what? You can do it every day. That's what God told me. (laughs) You can sing at his feet every day. It's powerful stuff. He wants you to. And you know what? He doesn't need you to worship. (laughs) He doesn't need your worship. You need your worship of him. He doesn't need it. (laughs) We were made to worship, and that's part of who we are. Just know that. That's why I love worship so much. Let's let's go to chapter 2. Pull up verse 4. This verse was crazy. This one got me. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, but then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Think that through. You're a soldier if you're in God's army. You're a soldier. Don't get caught up in civilian affairs. Don't get caught up in gossip. Don't get caught up in the crap that's going on around you. I mean, it's, sorry. There's a lot going on. Don't get caught up in it. God has a plan for you. He has something for you. Stay the course. That verse was like, oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, sorry. Let's read 11 through 16. I'm going to kind of chop it up a little bit, but we're going to put 11 through 16 of chapter 2. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. That's an if. We're supposed to die with him. Yeah, that's give up your life. Set your life aside, your agenda aside. That's, it says if, that's an if. You have to choose. You have to. I choose. Because he says, if we die with him, we will also live with him. And I want to live with him forever. I can't wait. I'm ready. Just saying. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. Don't deny him. Trust him. If we're unfaithful, 
he remains faithful. No matter what, he's still going to be faithful. His word is true. He'll do what he says. If you're his, he's going to discipline you. He's going he's to lift you up, though, when it's time. It says, remind everyone about these things and command them. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm reminding you, okay? Bear with me. Hang in there. This is good stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> it says, and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourself to God. Receive his approval. Let me, let me stop there for a second. Don't turn that. But avoid controversy over words. <laughs> this one hit me. <laughs> right, Isaac? Because he knows. I like, to <laughs> I like to talk about words. I'm a realist. But God cut me. I mean, I am. You know, this is what it says. But God, God says, man, don't argue about them. Just state it clearly. Know the course, right? Yeah. I'm one of them. I mean, it, it, when I read God's word and it talks to me, I, I listen. And sometimes I even follow through, right? No, most of the time I do. I get better at stuff. So then it goes on and says, be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Man, don't just babble. <laughs> Make your words count. That's what he's saying. Make your words count. Just don't talk to talk. I did that for a lot of years. I don't ever want to do that again. I want it, I want it to mean something because God wants it to mean something. Verse 22 through 24 of chapter 2. This is for you guys, and for me, and for Isaac, and for McKenna, for everybody. It is. You'll see why I'm saying that when it comes up. You got it, Josh? I said chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. I am. Yeah. So this is what I'm serious about. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Guys know what that is? <laughs> I don't think I have to explain it to you. No. <laughs> he says run from it. Don't go to it. Run from it. It means it's not good for you. Right, Ian? You're sinking down, man. Come on. Pay attention. This is good stuff, I'm telling you. Nice. <laughs> Instead, it says, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Whew. <laughs> Again, I say, I'm telling you, he repeated that for me. <laughs> I used to tell people I was put on earth as the world's greatest critic. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, it's a struggle for me, but I, I've gotten better, I hope. 
And I'm going to get better as I read this. It, it gets me. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Believe me, there's a lot of difficult people in this world, isn't there? There is. I'm telling you. I, I went to a guy's house this week. I'm an appraiser for the state of Montana Department of Revenue. Hello. Did you hear that? I appraise property for taxation purposes. So when I go to somebody's house, they're on the defense. And sometimes they get on the offense. <laughs> I got thrown off a property about three weeks ago. And then they saw the light and they let me come back. Because the deal is, is if you don't let me measure it, I have to estimate it. And I don't estimate it low. It's not supposed to, okay? We estimate high. And then we get a comeback. Because <laughs> they go, whoa, it's not worth that. All right, come out. Come take a look at it. It's part of life. But I deal with some difficult people from time to time. And God tells me to have peace. I mean, I referee basketball, high school basketball. I referee high school football. I get people that are pretty upset at times. And they yell at me and they get excited. I've tossed a few people from games. <laughs> Baseball games, I tossed a player. And then I had to toss his mom. <laughs> Jeez, it happens. Parents get excited, don't they? Have you ever been to a little kid's baseball game? Oh, boy. I don't do them anymore. They're hard. But sometimes you got, he says, avoid them. Avoid arguments. Have peace. If you're calm, other people become calm. It's crazy. But a soft answer turns away wrath, James says. And that's what I put into my life. When I'm refereeing, I'm out there and somebody's excited. I say, calm down. Don't make me toss you. I, I want you here. I like you. I say that. And coaches go, all right, I get it. So a servant of the Lord shouldn't be quarrelsome. We shouldn't argue. Just speak it in love, like he says. So chapter three, pay attention to this. This gets way better. I'm telling you. Chapter three, we're going to read... The first two verses. I'm trying to keep these together. Oh, I should probably tell you, you probably didn't see this, right? Because this is camo. I just took a drink. <laughs> By the way, I cracked myself up. It's okay. Okay? Somebody's falling asleep over here. Hello. Danica, are you okay? Hello? All right, just checking. You had your eyes closed. We love you, okay? So you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there, should, there will be very difficult times. I like what mine version says. It says, perilous times of great stress and trouble will come upon you. I mean, that's what it's saying. If you read the King James, same thing. It's, I mean, this is kind of perilous times, isn't it? Right now, the pandemic, it was a hard couple years for you guys in school. Masks suck, right? I don't like them. I don't want to ever wear one again, but I went into the hospital to see somebody the last four or five days, and I had to wear a mask. It's, uh, it's hard. But uh, here's the warning. He says, 
There'll be difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. Other versions say we'll be lovers of self and lovers of money. For they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. They'll be disobedient to their parents. Did you guys hear that? Okay, just checking. They'll be disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. It's interesting, but I I don't know if any of you guys have been listening to any prophecies. I got a feeling most of you haven't. Have you? I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are out there speaking about today's times and the perilous times that we're in. That it's unprecedented. Yes. This was written 2,000 years ago. Well, 1,970 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's no time in history where there's been parts of the population of the world, but right now, every country, youth are disobedient to their parents. I'm telling you, when I was a kid, you, didn't, you weren't disobedient to your parents. You got spanking. <laughs> you got whacked. I, I don't know if any of you guys have been hit with a frying pan, but I did. I got hit with a frying pan. And it was a cast iron frying pan. So, yeah, side of the head, whack. <laughs> Knocked me on my, on my backside. <laughs> but, I mean, you didn't mouth off. When I grew up, man, disobedience was, boy, you didn't see it that much. And you did. There was, there was action that was taken. But it kind of describes what we're going on, especially with the stress. I, if, if you go look at statistics on anxiety, depression, um, mental disorders, if you read up on them, they have skyrocketed skyrocketed. I mean, it's exponential, if you understand what exponential is, to the nth power kind of thing. Um, it's, it's scary times, but uh, <laughs> just know there's, Jesus is coming back. I'm just going to tell you. There's good news. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. So let's look at uh, verses 10 through 12 of chapter 3. I'm almost done. Kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of this. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I'm going to tell you, if you live your life for Christ, people notice and they don't like it. They're uncomfortable and they will put you down. They will persecute you. It's going to happen. It's okay. You know this guy that wrote this? He he listed... hey. Girls, 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 please, girls, please. Did you know 
that when Paul was talking about these three cities, Timothy was with him. Paul was beaten. He was stoned. He was thrown in jail. I mean, bad things happened to him. I mean, he was stoned and left for a lot to die. And, and Timothy was there. So he remembers this persecution. The Jews hated him. They hated him. And it's like, whoa. So if, let's look at verses 16 and 17. I am just about done. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Okay, so all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So what it's saying is, in some versions it says, God, all of scripture was breathed by God. It came from his breath. He wrote it in a way that we can hear it and understand it, and it becomes alive. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's important, but it says you will be equipped if you read it. You need to be equipped. If you're going to war, if you're in the battle, you got to read it. And it's powerful. It will help you. You can use it. I mean, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, what did he use? Did he use a sword? Did he send angels at him? What did he use? He used his word. He spoke scripture. Get it in your heart so that you can share that in the time that you are in distress. So I got a couple more verses in chapter four. Let's look at, I'm not going to read it. Verse one says, Jesus is the judge. Did you know that? He's the judge. He's the one that decides whether you get to spend the rest of eternity in heaven or hell. That's what it says. He's just reminding Timothy of that. And then he goes on, verse 2, I want to read that. It says, preach the word. And this was to Timothy. Timothy was a preacher, okay? But this is for everybody. He wrote it for everybody. He says, preach the word of God be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I'm going to read you my, my words. This is what mine says. Okay? This is the amplified version. It says, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by and be ready at all times. He says, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome, you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting and warning and urging and encouraging them and being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. And then it goes on to say in verses 3 and 4, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate and endure sound and wholesome instruction. There's no time like there is now. There's a lot of people that won't listen to anything about it. It says, 
but they have ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying. They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. People just want to make up their own religions. I have a brother. He's got his own thing. And he has people on his Facebook page <laughs> that whenever I speak the truth, they kind of fire back at me. That's happened this week a couple times. <laughs> but it's the truth, and I, I, I'm, I don't back down from it. So the last thing I want to share is verses 5 through 8. And then I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with some, a few things, a few thoughts of chapter 4, 5 through 8. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Paul's saying, my job is done. He's, he knows it. He, he knows it. God's been telling him. He says, I've already poured it out. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul had an urgency, even in the end. He knew he was going to die. All the people that he loved, he wanted them to know that is, it's time to stay, to stay, stay the course. Walking the faith, race of faith is hard. I've been doing this for 31 years. I didn't do it very well before that. But for the last 31 years, I've been doing it. And I know God has got me. I mean, I've been through a lot. But you're going to go through a lot. You're young. You might say I'm passing a torch on to you. I'm trying to. I'm attempting to to pass on an urgency that I've had since I got saved. I've never let that flame stop. My heart is that, that everybody I know comes to know the same Lord that I do, not one they've made up, because their eternity matters. Do you know, guys, that unless you make a decision for Christ when you are before you're 14 years old, you have less than a 20% chance of surrendering your life to Christ, statistics-wise. You want to surrender now. You want to. Because the odds are you're probably not going to. So, I mean, I, like I said, I, I wore a mask this week. I went into the hospital. We have a friend who, I don't know how to say this, but she was full of crap. <laughs> she was constipated. It's crazy, but so, so, so listen to this, right? She was so full of it. Careful now. This isn't funny. She was dying. Her, what happened is, is it turned into the bacteria in her whatever, her feces, that's what her husband called it, so I'll say that. In her feces, 
that she, it turned into ammonia. And so most people, the average ammonia level in your body is 20. She was 230. She went into a coma. She was dying. If they wouldn't have caught it, she'd have died. Her husband called us. <laughs> we did what you're supposed to do. You go visit him in the hospital. When somebody's sick, you go. I mean, she was incoherent. She was, if anything touched her, her body was so sensitive from all the ammonia in her that she was like, uh, you know, just, she, her eyes were closed. She didn't communicate with anybody. She wouldn't wake if she didn't respond to anybody's voice. But when I laid my hand on her to pray, she was like, ah. Uh. But we prayed for her because that's what God calls you to do is to go pray for somebody. And uh, she's, she came out of it <laughs> and she pooped. <laughs> She, she said she had a really big bowel movement. <laughs> and she's a doctor, by the way. So she knows the language. And she knows when she heard everything, she was like, oh my gosh, I almost died. I could have. And she knew, and God said to her, when she was asleep, it's time for you to wake up. She's 78, and God's telling her, it's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to get busy with what I want you to do. She's a different woman. For the last six months, she got COVID, and she, she got her vaccination, and then she got her boosters, and when she got her second booster, it reacted with her body. She got the second booster, and then she got COVID, and then she, she loves to read. She loves to read the Bible, and she loves to read other things. She hasn't read anything in six months. But God said, wake up. And he's saying to you guys, wake up. That's, that's my call to you tonight. Wake up. Find some urgency. Your friends, they don't know Christ. If Christ comes back, they'll never get a chance. If you're caught up in the, in the rapture, your friends won't have a chance if you didn't tell them. So tell them. It's time to get urgent. I'm not saying he's coming back tomorrow. But the signs are there. He could. I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, let's pray. Father God, you are, you're faithful. Your word is true. It was breathed by you. You called Jesus your word, the word of God. He was the lamb of God who still is. And God, we just thank you for your plan. And I just pray, God, you would give us all a sense of urgency because People need it. There's, there's so many people that have anxiety and have depression and, and have just PTSD and everything else because this world's getting crazy. And a lot of people need Jesus. And I just pray you'd send us out to help people. In Jesus' name, amen.